Hi, welcome to White Collar Crimes. I am your host, Ryan Horn, the show where we show you the only color that truly matters in our criminal justice system is green. Well, we're going to look at a different, uh, we've done a little bit on some government corruption lately, and uh, now we're going to go back into the private sector a little bit. We're going to look at Dennis Kozlowski, the CEO of Greed, and uh, some of you might remember this case from, you know, about 15 years ago or so. Uh, he was the CEO of the Tyco Corporation, and uh, he got uh, a lot of comparisons to being greedy like a pig and things of that sort. Uh, some of you might remember the news footage of his very elaborate parties at his mansion, the toga parties and the uh, nice chandeliers and, you know, living high on the hog, so to speak, um, from his greed. But uh, we'll talk about how he got there. Um Tyco was a security company that was based in Ireland, but they had operational headquarters in New Jersey, and their main business functions were security, home security, and uh, fire protection, all of which are, you know, pretty good lucrative businesses. Uh, you know, most people are engaged in some type of home security for their home system, and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of other security uh, services that can be offered you know a lot of money to be made if you own a security business if you can get the right contracts and and whatnot and uh fire protection of course uh you know is, you can never invest too much for something like that so a uh, pretty good lucrative business to get into um but kozlowski would use his position as ceo and abuse that out of, again, just simply nothing more than pure raw greed, and he would uh, ultimately end up doing time in federal prison because of this greed. Now, Dennis Kozlowski was born in New Jersey to uh, Polish parents. Uh, they were uh, both public servants, so he had a decent middle-class upbringing. There's nothing to indicate that uh, his upbringing was abnormal or anything to that effect. Um, he attended Seton Hall University, good school, and then afterwards he went to work for Tyco, which we've said was a, you know, security and fire protection company, and over time he, you know, this is in 1975 when he went to work for them, and over time he, he happened to rise above the ranks a little. Um, by 1992, in fact, he had become the CEO, and uh, the company grew, you know, through a series of mergers, acquisitions, etc etc um we've seen that in the security industry here in the united states uh years ago i worked for uh, a security company called securitas and they ended up buying out a lot of uh, local security companies here where i live and uh my understanding they had also bought out uh pinkerton and you know some of the other detective agencies that were big at one time and uh you know some armored car uh transport companies and things of that sort. It, it does happen in the security industry. Uh, you know, bigger companies buy out smaller ones and they grew to be a pretty, uh, pretty good sized company to be reckoned with, uh, you know, with a global uh, presence, uh, so to speak. And uh, they did well. But by 2002, controversy started surrounding Mr. Kozlowski because he was illegally and unethically taking advantage of uh, the company's success and uh, rewarding himself some unauthorized and undeserved, frankly, uh, bonuses and whatnot. And he was doing quite well on the backs of, you know, his uh, employees. 
And we've seen many CEOs uh, before get rewarded, you know, even while their companies are going down. We saw this during uh, when the automobile uh, companies were bailed out right after the uh, around the time of uh, the big housing bubble burst back in 2008. You know, we had the footage of some of them taking private jets and limos and everything to Capitol Hill to beg the government for more money and come to find out, even though they had driven their companies in the ground, they still got very handsome uh, benefit packages and, uh, you know, bonus packages and things like that. So it's certainly not out of the ordinary in the corporate world for a CEO to get an unauthorized bonus or something like that. But that's what happened here. And uh, he did quite well for himself, unfairly, even though, you know, it was off the backs of his company, which oftentimes we do see this in white collar crime. But uh, like some others we've discussed on this show, um, Kozlowski was previously charged with some wrongdoing, like some others had. But uh, first time around, he didn't come to justice. Um, His first trial, when he was charged, uh, with all these federal charges that related to uh, his time as Tycho. Um, it resulted in a mistrial. Uh, they found out one of the jurors uh, was threatened by the public because they had been found to be making an okay sign towards uh, Kozlowski's lawyers. Who knows, could have been on the take or you know, just an admirer of uh, Kozlowski or something like that. But nonetheless, it resulted in a mistrial. You know, you had a juror that couldn't be... Uh, fair and impartial so they had to start all over select a new jury get a new trial going and that's what they did and Kozlowski was charged with receiving 81 million dollars in unauthorized bonuses the purchase of 14 million dollars of art a 20 million dollar in banking investment fee that he paid to Frank Walsh who was also a high-ranking Tyco official and this time Tyco filed a suit for the unauthorized bonuses And that suit basically did prevail in court. Um, It was ruled that his $500 million he received from 1997 to 2002 should be forfeited back under New York's, quote, faithless servant doctrine. And I learned about this actually a couple years ago teaching a white collar crime class because I did actually cover Kozlowski uh, very briefly in that class, a part about him. And... This law states that employees that act unfaithfully toward their employers or company must forfeit to that employer or company all of the compensation received during that period of disloyalty. Now, you know, it it still has to be proven, but one thing to keep in mind, because right now we're talking about when this happened with Kozlowski and Tycho, this was in civil court, and civil court... For those of you that are not familiar with the court system, this is why a lot of times in white-collar cases you see justice more often prevail than in criminal court because in civil court, it's not as hard to prove things. In civil court, well, let's start for a second with criminal court. Criminal court, as you all know, proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, when you're talking percentages, I've always been told by lawyers and, you know, the research that I've done in the criminal justice classes and things I teach you'd be talking over 90% at least. You know, again, there can't be any kind of reasonable doubt in your mind that the person did what they're said to be accused of doing. It's the highest level of proof we have in the American court system. But see, in civil court, it's a little bit different. We have what's known as preponderance of evidence in civil court. 
And that simply means more likely true than not. 5149. If it's more likely true than not you did what they said you are accused of doing, then you are guilty. It doesn't have to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. It is a very, you know, one of the lower standards of proof we have. Um, we also have this at probation and parole revocation hearings when somebody's probation or parole is possibly being revoked. The standard of proof to prove that it needs to be revoked is only preponderance of evidence. It's not the proof beyond a reasonable doubt like we see in criminal court. And that's why a lot of times justice happens. That happened to O.J. Simpson, even though he was acquitted, quote unquote, in the criminal trial. His Ron Goldman and Nicole Simpson's family did get civil judgments against him. Now, whether or not they got the money, you know, not likely ever happened, but they did get judgments against him and he was held to be liable for their deaths. Because again, civil court is much, much easier to prove than criminal court because of this level of evidence it needs to be proven. And that's what was proven here. And other states do have similar laws like this. And that's what the court ruled here, that Kozlowski had unlawfully obtained this money during this five-year period here. And therefore, he needed to cough up this uh, $500 million. That uh, whether or not he did, you know, or every penny of it, who knows? It's not really been fully disclosed. But who, again, suffered from his abuse, even if he did return, say, most of it? He still got millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, we've seen his mansion, you know, again, the wild extravagant parties he had just, you know, living life to the max. And I'm sure employees lost their jobs, their pensions were hurt, all this damage that he did through his thievery and greed. In the end, who end up suffering? Well, it's always who ends up suffering in these cases. It's the rank and file employees. The, uh, the mid-level people, the lower level employees, so to speak, are the ones that oftentimes get hammered with this, not the higher ups. And in June 2005, Kozlowski was convicted and, you know, of these before mentioned charges. And in September 2005, a federal judge in Manhattan sentenced him to 8 to 25 years in federal prison. Now, the Tyco Chief Financial Officer Mark Swartz was also convicted in this case. Both of them were ordered to pay around $134 million in restitution. All in all, they were convicted on 22 total counts, and this includes grand larceny, falsifying business records, securities fraud, and conspiracy. Now, we know grand larceny is the big theft. You know, that's the felony-level theft. And, of course, falsifying business records is doing this, that, you know, to uncover their, uh, you know, their financial crimes. And a conspiracy, of course, they were involved in all that, manipulating the securities, the company stock, all those type of things. All kinds of white-collar crime going around in this case. And, again, the number one motivation for it all, good old greed. And it's rare that white-collar criminals really get nailed in criminal and civil court. You know, um, we have seen a case, like I said, Bernie Madoff met his justice. Uh, Jordan Belfort got a little bit, although nowhere near what he should have. Then you have uh, Stuart Parnell. We've talked about the Peanut Corporation of America on here. He got one of the harshest sentences ever in a white-collar crime case. But that's rare for it to happen in both cases where you see justice in civil and criminal court, or at least some form of it, not nearly enough. But in this case, he did. Now, Kozlowski only ended up serving, I think, about six years in this case. You know, So he didn't do anywhere near what he could have or should have. 
but that's unfortunately oftentimes the case. As I said, Belfort, even though he stole stole tens of millions of dollars from tons of people and wrecked countless numbers of lives, a countless number of lives, he, you know, just did a few years in prison and now he's in Australia and the rest of the world jet setting around, you know, as a celebrity and a star and doing endorsements and things of that sort. So he's certainly not been hurt or truly damaged from what ended up happening. And, and that's, you know, what ends up happening, unfortunately, often in these cases. And even though Kozlowski got drilled in civil court, he did a, you know, fairly short sentence in time in federal prison, basically the minimum what he could have and out in a free man. And interestingly, when he was interviewed in prison, he denied anything he did was ever wrong or any kind of wrongdoing. And that's oftentimes, unfortunately, the case in these uh, white collar crime cases that we've seen. Very few of these criminals accept any kind of responsibility for their wrongdoing. He felt he was completely justified and owed and due these bonuses. And even though they were not authorized and, you know, illegal how he went about giving them to himself, he didn't see anything wrong with that. And that's, you know, it's common. A lot of street criminals, in my experience, in all the years I've been in the criminal justice system and I've been working in it for well over 20 years now. And, you know, I've studied it, you know, all the way through the graduate level. And, and that's common, you know, in street criminals. But it is also very common in white collar crime criminals as well. Most of them deny any wrongdoing or another key factor or a trait that they have, I should say, is that they justify what they did oftentimes as being legit or even needed. And that was certainly the case with Kozlowski. He, to this day, I think feels that he's done nothing wrong. And, you know, he is out on the street and, you know, is a free man now. To this day, he's able to, uh, do or whatever he wants, you know, he can start all over and, you know, he's free to commit other types of fraud if he can get, you know, in, into some other kind of business. I mean, he can always work as a consultant and things like that. I mean, there are some opportunities, uh, especially ones that might involve some kind of licensing. He's going to be limited now that he is a convicted felon, but you know, there's still, he can still go into the business world. You know, like I said about uh, a little bit ago about Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street, it's certainly not hurt him and it's certainly not slowed him down in his career here, you know, making money again. And probably, you know, as we speak, as he's known to do, probably sitting around trying to figure out ways he can rip somebody off again. He's very, very good at that kind of thing. And he's probably going to continue to do that. And, you know, Kozlowski will probably be no different. I'm sure he got very comfortable living the extravagant lifestyle that he did and probably longs for that again. So, you know, look out. Just like a lot of times, we probably have not seen the last of this guy, unfortunately. So... But we got some other good episodes coming up down the road. Um, we're going to be dealing a little bit uh, again with, you know, public and private types of uh, white collar crime. We've done one recently on uh, Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich. And, you know, we're going to have one coming up on uh, Illinois Governor George Ryan as well. And we got a scandal coming out now. We probably can't do an episode while that's unfolding. But we have a good one going right now with uh, the situation going with uh, that's going on in the NBA right now. They have a scandal going that involves some healthcare fraud and you know insurance fraud and things like that. And there was about I think about 18 people arrested or something the other day. So it's one to keep an eye on on here. And we're going to coming up to uh, my sometimes co-host. Greg Ulenchich will be joining me again. We're going to be talking about scandals in the NCAA. 
a lot of fraud and things that have you know been involved in there they certainly have not been scandal free all these years so certainly some good timing we're you know in the throes right now of a football season college and pro so be some good subjects to uh come up and uh, and touch up on but as always we enjoy having you aboard here on this show and uh we hope to uh have you here soon again uh, i was always say like us on facebook uh, there's a link on the anchor page uh, we always would be glad to take a donation if you can financially help support us uh, but like i always say we much more appreciate to have you listening and wherever you are listening we we thank you each week for joining as always check out the facebook page also for uh, some of the dog rescuing we do we have a puppy right now that we are fostering and hope that he will possibly as early as next week here be having a home and you know we always encourage again if you have to uh adopt you know or get you a pet uh, don't go to the backyard breeder or the pet shop uh, your local shelter your, your next best friend's waiting for you right there and it's a very rewarding experience and you know we hope that's what you'll do when whenever you want to take in your next uh next best friend but as always we we thank you for joining us here and uh, we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of white collar crimes